The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and people you should know. Today's episode is with Rob Freeman, otherwise known as Pitching Ninja. Obviously, a lot of things in common with him, and I had such a fun time at PitchCon getting to talk to him, not only about Rob the person, but also Rob the brand and how he became Pitching Ninja as you know today. So definitely enjoy this one uh, as we nerd out about pitching and grips and the whole process together and listen to this episode of Nick Pollock and Friends. The one and only Pitching Ninja, Rob What Freeman. is happening, sir? Oh, that is my line, Rob. How dare you? <laughs> no, I've been copying you. you. I've been I like, I'm going to steal your whole shtick. <laughs> no, it's great to see you, man. How you doing? Doing great. How about you? You know, this is a crazy event and uh, I'm just so thrilled that you can be a part of it. Well, I'm uh, happy to be here. Obviously, y'all know Rob Freeman, otherwise known as Pitching Ninja, one of the staples of baseball Twitter for years. I believe you started in 2014. Is that right? That is correct. I feel oh, uh, I feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, but uh, you got some amazing merch, or or I guess uh, stuff behind you. Obviously, you have the banner, um, which is amazing. Right yeah, you got that one. And then I love the ninja peeking out in the. Uh, is that a baseball diamond you got? Oh, dude, that is sick. So a uh, a guy I work with at my real job had it made for me, and underneath it is a bunch of Greg Maddox cards. So it is a glass over it um, with a bunch of little ninja stuff and uh, and and Maddox cards underneath it. All Maddox oh my cards. God. Yeah, that, that's incredible. And you got this. That's sick. You got this baseball glove underneath. Oh yeah, right there. That's uh, <laughs> I bought. Like the room was looking kind of dull. I wanted to get a big <laughs> baseball glove couch, so I did. I mean, why not? Right? And you have a. I think a. Is that a. Um, uh, blanket, a uh, baseball themed blanket too. It it is. We are going to look oh, yeah. at my room. I have a bench made out of baseball bats here. Yes, for a guy from Cooperstown. Okay. Um, this banner, which some people have asked me if it's for sale, I just bought it because I wanted one. So uh, it is not. But it's why I have this, right? <laughs> yeah. So that, you can't sell that, but <laughs> dude, part of the cool thing about starting anything, like literally, maybe the coolest thing is the merch for yourself. Like I don't right. give a crap about exactly. That oh, other I've stuff. got everything. You got another one here. We got the pictures mug, you know. Well, I got this hat that I haven't right? sold. Like this is a, a white camo hat. That's a good looking one. I, I know, like that. It's sweet, isn't it? Yeah. Uh and I like the whole setup you got now. So you got a boom arm, you got the the uh the pop filter for the Yeti. I mean, I've got 
Got my Yeti here. I love it. It's fantastic. Dude, we're just pros. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so okay, I want to, I really want to go into this because this, I mean, I made this a little bit selfishly because I just want to talk to you for an hour. Uh, last year, I had to share you with Eno, who's amazing too. Now I get to separate both of you, which is great. So I just get to hang out with both of you for a full hour. But I kind of want to go through, uh, you know, your whole process. I mean, it's been yeah seven years now that you've been doing this. And it doesn't just happen, you know. It's not something that you just kind of hope it does, and then there it is. Uh, you know, you, know, you don't become the the influencer that you are now in you know a month or a year even. And this takes there's a whole process involved, and I think that element gets kind of passed over with everything else that you're doing. And I think that's a really really important part of it. I'm I'm fascinated by this stuff. It, like it, there's a lot of intricacies to it that just isn't talked about enough. So I really want to go into it. And I think it's actually important to start at the very beginning about you because it's ultimately you um, that it's all about me, man. It is just all no, about me. <laughs> no, but it is, though. If it wasn't you, it wouldn't work. Right. And it, it's not necessarily about the brand. It's about the person that's being represented inside of that brand. Right. Um, so so I want to start at the very beginning. I want to talk about Rob Friedman. Uh, did you ever play baseball? You must have. Yeah, I played baseball, but I kind of like, and this is actually a great story. It's like, I wasn't a stud baseball player. I mean, I was okay for where I, you know, grew up, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't like a stud. And that was part of the reason when you like, to me, the whole thing started when I I was always a baseball fan. Like I grew up a baseball fan. I wanted to be those guys that you see on TV. Um, just wasn't, you know, didn't put in the time, wasn't good enough, whatever it is. Um, but then when you have a kid and your kid wants to play baseball um, and then you start coaching other kids, like to me, the whole thing was I just wanted to learn everything I could. And there was, you know, it happened to be at a great time where all that information is shared out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was back in you know 2012, 2011, even before that, 2010. Um, we were on these old message boards, um, like uh, let's talk pitching and stuff, which was kind of legendary at the time. You have guys like Ben Brewster on there. Um, I think Alan Jager, Eric Cressy was involved, Lance Wheeler, um, Kyle Bodie. So this was all those guys before any anybody was all that that cool. We were just asking a lot of questions. Right. And I was asking questions to learn for kids, like saying, hey, I don't want to taught what I, teach what I was taught because, it, yeah, it, it, things have changed and you can figure a lot of this out. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I started asking a lot of questions. And the, the one difference is a lot of people use social media for like trolling and they have an a, agenda and they want to like get their point across. To me, I'll ask questions and I'll grill somebody about something. But it's not because I have an agenda. I want to find the truth and not the marketing spin. So we just like I would disagree, show, you know, show videos and stuff. I really started from a coaching angle sure. and learned as much as I could. Definitely. I mean, so sorry. Right, so you came from a coaching angle. I, I mean, I, I kind of want to talk about that really quickly. Uh, I, I coached for a year a travel baseball team. I, I also did like pitching lessons on the side. I think <laughs> coaching Okay, I coach basketball and baseball. It is so much easier to do basketball. It's not even close. I actually do that now instead of baseball because it's like a couple hours and I just go to the gym and don't have to bring anything. You know, baseball is a completely different animal. 
Um, and as a coach, I mean, how long have you been doing that now? Has it been 10 years more? Than yeah, that? something more than that. Uh, 15 years, probably. So, um, and it's so different. Like, you're right. Like, but the funny thing is I coached, I coached basketball a little bit because mm-hmm. it's just mostly because like, I come from a, I taught law school back in the day. Like I, I like teaching stuff and learning right. how, cause I find I learn more if I teach it basketball though. It was tough because I suck at basketball <laughs> and they were wanting me to coach because they're like, Oh yeah, he's really good. Like, dude, there were players on a, on a 10 U team who were sitting there helping me out with zone defenses and stuff that I, mm-hmm. yeah, screw that. Like I was terrible. No, I was I was very lucky because I uh, I mean I had a good friend of mine that I grew up with who encouraged me to coach with him, and this is when I was I guess like 20, 22, 23. Uh, and I wasn't a dad. All the other coaches were just dads, and they just had to be there because they you know their kid or something like that. So all the kids instantly like listened to me. I didn't have that moment of like, are they going to trust the coach or not? Like, oh, you're not a dad. Like, great, okay, let's go. <laughs> uh, and that and like you know I'm six foot four, so they instantly thought I could dunk. I can't. But I, but I mean, it just made the whole process easier. But I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, you kind of are coaching a bit still through Twitter, right? And the skills that you learn while coaching kids are applied there. You know, it's about asking questions and being the, the, the role model of like, hey, you're going to have questions and it's okay to ask them. I'm asking them all the time and you don't have to feel like you know everything because then you won't progress further, right? I totally could not agree more. Like that is still the angle. I like to come at everything from, yeah, I view it as a fan. I view it as like entertainment, but I also want to, I want to grow the sport, but also help kids who can't afford to get lessons or are being taught the wrong thing, or maybe their coach only knows one way of doing something. I just want to show them different ways. So maybe they can ask their coach questions and say, you know, I noticed Jacob deGrom does this or Garrett Cole does this or, hey, you're having me move like, you know, like this guy. But someone like Marcus Stroman is more of a fit for me. Coaches try to do one size fits all, I find. And mm-hmm. if you watch the biggest thing I try to get across is there's so many ways to do it. Right. And, uh, you know, I try to that's what that is like my goal. Like I try to take it from a coaching angle while still not being. Like you can do it and overdo it. You can be really boring and like, I'm not selling coaching. Um, it's not what I want to do. It's not like, but so I try to be neutral and try to bring different perspectives because in the end, there are a lot of different coaches that do a lot of good things. There's not one coach that does it better than anybody. Sure. Right. Uh, so just really fun. I mean, uh, what is the best mound visit that you've had as a coach? Uh, that. Uh, I'm trying, it was with a player who I could tell he was nervous. And I think I just went out there two seconds and I just looked at him straight in the eyes and said, just don't suck. And he started cracking up laughing and it, and it worked like (laughs) it, it, sometimes it's like little tiny things that gets the pitcher. I I don't care. Like I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I want them to succeed and I want to take pressure off. Like to me, putting pressure on because I want to win a game is right. not a good, like, I don't care. Like I have Absolutely. all the trophies I need, which is none. Like I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's not why you're doing it. Exactly. No, like that's the worst. Like if you're right. doing it for you, that's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody's got the, re- it's just not what I'm doing it for. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I remember, uh, 
I had there were like two really good friends on this team. One of them was pitching. He's a very like shy kid and very you know soft spoken and stuff like that. But he always threw strikes. Like this was his best thing. He always knew to throw strikes, and he just walked a guy on four pitches and got two zero in the next one. Call a mound meeting. I, I go to him. I'm like Isaac. Like what are you doing? Like is everything okay? He says yeah. I'm just I'm just not concentrating. And I'm like okay. I'm like yeah. Jeremy, tell him to concentrate. Isaac, concentrate. All right, okay, Jeremy. And he goes and like strikes out the next guy in three pitches. Then. Like, come yeah. on, guys, like concentrate. It's See, fun. but but that's one of those things like everybody ticks a little bit differently. Like one right. guy is too, you know, you might have someone who's really intense and your job is to either unleash that or dial it back for them. You might have another guy who's like, you got to understand that a lot of these guys get nervous out there. Right. And your job then is to take the pressure off them. Or a guy doesn't concentrate. Like, exactly right. you got to take the picture you got on the mound and not what you want to have. Exactly. So, okay. So, I'm going to actually bring it to the real topic, which is establishing a brand on Twitter. <laughs> that is the real thing. Sorry for that. I thought that was a fun discussion. It's kind yeah. of like behind the, you know, behind the curtain, um, seeing kind of the origins of where you come from as the Pitching Ninja. So, at the very beginning... Uh, a lot of you guys know that logo behind Rob's right shoulder. <laughs> I, uh, I'm moving the opposite way. <laughs> or on the hat. Uh, yeah, I'm not everything. good with it. Yeah. But it wasn't that originally. Um, it, I remember the pitching ninja with the uh, the uh, the star, right? I believe the throwing uh-huh. star yep. on it. Did you make that? Was that like you? Did you just one day go, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set it up all like that. Hell no. Um, <laughs> I'm terrible with logo. Like I know what I like when I see it. Uh-huh. Uh, but Kenny from RotoWare just contacted me out of the blue and he said, I got this idea. And I was like, I mean, I'm game. I'll take a look at whatever you got. And he, sure. he sent it over and I was like, that is exa-. like, I, when I do things, if I'm doing a logo, it ends up being really complicated mm-hmm. and like, it's way too busy and all that. And he is the master at simplifying everything. I've right. got a RotoWare shirt on. If you can see it. The, oh yeah. Uh, I love that one. The yeah. Ride, yeah. That's one. That's one of my favorite. Yeah, All those proceeds one. go to the Lost Boys. Shout out Lost Boys. Yep. Um, yeah, but no, he approached me with it, and and the rest is kind of history. Like, love the dude. Heart's in the right place. Does great work, and uh, you know, just big fan. Oh, yeah. yeah, Kenny's wonderful. Um, but right, so so at the very beginning, uh, like you said, okay, I'm going to start this Twitter account. Um, so yeah, what was that process for you? I mean, did you make that? Uh, you know, like I, I don't know what are what were the first steps you took. The first step, so the the coaching stuff is a great jump off into this because really why I started the Twitter account is I knew I wasn't going to be coaching for forever. Like, and you can only reach like one team if you're coaching. So what I wanted to do is take, I was lucky enough to ask a lot of questions around from really good people who, who helped me out in my understanding. I had a unique position of, be, of having a lot of time to do it. Like a lot of people just don't have the time to do it. They get outside coaching, spend a lot of money. Um, I went through all the rat holes, bought all the products that they sell. This is the quick fix to doing whatever. Uh, there's no quick fix, by the way. <laughs> um, but then I, I tried to take that knowledge and just put it out there on Twitter. So I, that was my original goal for doing it was I just wanted to help as many people as possible, not with a plan to do anything like I had zero plans to make this a, a big account and just kept tweeting. The one thing I did was I tried to learn something new every day and put it out there on Twitter and try to get better all the time and do every, do something every day. So it wasn't like taking a week off and throwing something out there. I wanted to be consistent. Every morning, first thing I did was, was tweet something. 
that was hopefully interesting to people and uh, and just did it every day and tried to get better and better at it. I mean, consistency and any anything that you're trying to build is everything when it comes to podcasts, when it comes to writing, um, obviously Twitter accounts like that is the thing that everyone will talk about. And as long as you're focusing on making it better every time, as you're saying, uh, I think that's a really, really good takeaway uh, from that. Uh, but I mean, I'm just trying to get like the mind of Rob Freeman as you're doing this. Uh, were you thinking... When you first start, okay, I'm just going to post a GIF or I'm going to post a video. Was there any sort of, um, I guess, journey ahead that you can envision for how the content will come and what kind of stuff you're going to do? Hell no. No. <laughs> like, I still don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, I seriously said so I, I do try to do something every day, but I'm most days I wake up and I'm not sure what that thing is. Like, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, you know what would be cool doing a Bob Gibson thing today? Sure. Um, I don't have this master media schedule where I'm going to put something out and do something. Um, then it was mostly like real questions I had about I'd, I'd watch interactions on Twitter and say, well, let me dig into it and learn something and show examples of mechanics or pitch grips or whatever it is. Um, so that we can have a debate. And there used to be a really tight knit group of folks that were coaches that would do that every day. We would try to, to learn something. And, you know, Matt Blake was one of them. Uh, one of the, like what I would consider my crew of folks, uh, you know, Eric Cressy, Alan Jager, all those people that I mentioned, they, we all got on Twitter and did a lot of that stuff. And it ended up a bunch of them are with MLB teams now. So this little crew that we had debating mechanics, little, I mean, you know, you don't know at the time who's watching or if you're really doing it right. And then everybody's sitting there going, you know, this guy seems to know what he's doing. And they get swooped up by some team, which is really pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Fantastic to see it. Uh, so there's no there's no content schedule is what you're saying. No. Just every, but every single year you put out these amazing things, especially in the offseason. It's like it's Pedro Day. It's, uh, you know, here are my awards through the year. I mean, this stuff's amazing. Yeah, like the awards, I mean, I, you know, I do them at the end of the year. It depends on what happened during the year. Like, I don't have this predetermined thing. Pedro Day is when I wake up and I was like, you know what? I haven't tweeted Pedro in a while, so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna put him out there. Or I just thought of somebody that moved like him or did something like him and thought of, every day could be Pedro Day. Who am I kidding? Like if I did that, true. Live yeah. every day like it's Pedro Day. I like yeah, that. I might have more followers if I did Pedro Day <laughs> every day. Um, okay, so so going back still to, to I mean 2014, 2015 or so. Um, so I remember last year we talked a bit about like uh, like I, I, I outlined you know my my process for making gifts. And by the way, if you're curious about that, follow uh, Ben Brown's presentation on Sunday, The Art of Nastiest Pitches, 11 a.m. Uh, ben Brown, I gotta say, like has really embraced that whole thing, and he's—I uh, cannot wait for that presentation. But yeah, back in the day, it wasn't easy making gifts, and I'm—I'm I'm curious, like, how your process was, because I feel like we had two different approaches to it. We—we we did, and uh, I mean, actually, your stuff was one of the early things that I followed because we come at it from different sides. I think. Yep. Um, but I love what you're doing. So when and you used to send me over like if you and you still do like if you see so if, if, if there's oh, yeah. a, I'm like here's a slow motion grip release here you go like yeah <laughs> I mean I we're one big community and I love oh, yeah. that stuff so I was watching that and then saying you know this is a really good way to teach because you know back then do you remember the uh, what was it the the 
scratch reels that they had um, for a little while on Twitter where you can actually go back and forth on the. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Until they uploaded videos and stuff. It used to yep. be that that was the only thing you can really, really do. So that was kind of cool to go back and forth in mechanics. And that was a big thing for a few months until they got rid of it. Uh, but it was really like like I just experimented with different ways to to show stuff. Um, I think back then it was mostly using like online tools like easy gif to okay. create, to create gifs um, out of videos that I, I just screen capture um, or had for whatever reason and, and, right, and right. tried to edit them. Nice. And then like I, you did really good ball trails. I remember a couple of years ago you started doing that. Was that with Adobe premiere or was there something else you're using? It's with Adobe premiere. And uh, so that was the, one of the things that I really wanted to show was I get bored really easily. Like my attention span <laughs> is about that big, which is kind of helpful on Twitter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get bored and I try to do different things. So I was like, wouldn't it be cool if you put trails on balls to show how the pitch moved? Because sometimes people are like, well, that wasn't that nasty. I'm like, no, no, it really was. And it was also a way to differentiate if I'm doing an overlay or something to show sure. how they, they move. I, I've experimented with, uh, different like ball to stop action ball trails too, which I think is kind of cool so that you can actually just take the ball and, and see view it through, uh, points in time to mm-hmm. see how it, how it moved. It really depends. Like it depends on what the pitch looked like, what the video looked like and what I think makes the point I want to make. If there is a point, like who knows, sometimes I just, I mean, there's the, what was it? The red ring of death. Yes. The circle like of the- death. The circle of death, right? Because Red Ring, of course, is, is 360 stuff. But uh, the circle of death, right? Yeah. Love those. So, so, yeah, and I still use those every once in a while. But I, and I think some pitchers really liked it. So I, what, what I would do is draw a circle basically where basically the decision point would be and show how those balls pass through that circle and how hard it is to hit. Basically, my pitching account ends up showing everybody kind of how hard it is to, to hit a pitch, which mm-hmm. makes hitters right. look better. There Somehow. you go. And uh, I remember a very good one, which was uh, um, pitch separation on like a curveball in the dirt. And, you know, you have all these fans shouting, how could he possibly swing at that? And you're like, this is why. Dude, those are my favorites. Like everybody, everybody on their couch thinks that they can hit as good as, you know, anybody. <laughs> They're going, oh, why did he swing it? Like people are yelling in the stadium. That drove me crazy. You get the drunk yeah. fans that are yelling at hitters. And I'm like, do you really think you could do better if you were up there? Oh, so man. I try to show them why they can't. Like, like this is what happens. This ball's coming in at 98 miles an hour, and this other one's in the same tunnel as that. Um, you know, what would you do? And they're like, oh, shit. Okay, am I allowed to? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Hold it back, Rob. You can do this. Yeah. All right. I, I can do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm turning into Eric Sim all of a sudden. <laughs> um but yeah, it, it, the key was to show uh, to to show basically why hitting was so hard. Um, I did that recently with uh, you know somebody was watching Kumar Rocker's outing for Vandy and saying how did Duke swing at nineteen sliders to sw- to K? They had nineteen Ks all on sliders. Why was that? You know they stink. They should have laid off. I'm like, yeah, it sounds really good to lay off, but there's no way you could. Right, it, it, it's impossible. Have you tried like? I mean, I haven't done it for years, but I want to go to a batting cage. I want to actually like film us, you know, like the, some of the pitchless staff and everything going to a batting cage and seeing how bad we are at these things at like 70 miles per hour or so. Oh, dude, uh, it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's so hard. It is so hard 
to hit a 90 mile per hour fastball and we're like oh he only throws 90 whatever and it's like no that's that's really really good um and and to your uh to your point about like just fans being i don't know annoying while watching i remember actually like watching uh raise yankees um socially distant don't worry like at a bar standing away from everybody and there was a clear pitch that is just like this far off the plate. You have the strike zone on there and the ball is so out and guys just yelling at the TV like, you know, how could this? That's clearly a strike. And it's like, what is that's what, you know, so I'm, I love your gifts. It's like, stop that. No need to be a blind, irrational fan. You know, we can we can all enjoy the sport properly and still have our fandom. You know, that is a great point, because sometimes I give umpires a hard time or often I give umpires a hard time. It is like. I've called games like I've called games and scrimmages and stuff. Oh, I stink like I'm <laughs> terrible. I get yelled. I mean, I was doing this, uh, doing a uh, scrimmage against another school and uh, fans behind me from the other were like, that's not a str-. I'm like, dude, I'm getting paid nothing. And I admit I'm terrible at it. Like, it's not easy to do. Um I had no equipment on either, so that was. That. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah. yeah, we actually are going to have two different presentations just about Robo Umps in this. Uh, we have one later today with TZ Zanka, then we have one, I believe, on Saturday or Sunday with Matt Kovach talking about electronic strike zones. So definitely tune in for those, and you'll see. I think maybe some varying opinions about should we institute Robo Umps or not. I think it's a very interesting conversation. Where do you lie with it? Do you want oh. Robo Umps? So I go back and forth. And uh, because um, it's my lawyer instinct, I, can, <laughs> I tend to not have an opinion, but I, but I try to take other sides. Um, sure. My instincts are what I would, I, I try to split the difference. And I would say having some kind of cue in, in an umpire's ear that that ball was likely in the strike zone where the umpire can overrule it. So it's not pure technology. Like if the umpire saw something different, if you saw a pitch that looked yeah. And, eh, um, right. you know, you can overrule it kind of like, I don't know, like a uh, ball that goes, uh, jumps into the dirt. Yeah. You know, at the bottom of the zone. You don't want that. No, like I get, I get the, the, the th- I mean, you, you, I, I love, I love ring ups too, man. Like I, I love the, the attitude that umpires bring to the game. I think that that's part of the fun that at least I get out of watching it. But, I also don't think it's all that fair for me to be watching at home when an umpire misses something by a lot with where the speed of the ball is going. Like it's, it's way right. beyond what anybody thought when they invented this sport. Absolutely. So, so giving them some help so that they're not looking like fools, um, you know, Stallman isn't throwing a ball right down the middle and the umpire just missed it and called it a ball. Like that shouldn't happen. Right. And if he had some help, he might say, yeah, I blinked I'll, yeah, you know, right. one exactly. of those things. Yeah. Uh, uh, I understand your answer comes from the place of being able to make Tom Hallian gifts still. <laughs> uh, I, I get it completely. <laughs> but uh, no, I Absolutely. think you're on the right track here. Like you, Having that indication, like that's an obvious strike. Make sure you call that. And that's an obvious ball. Make sure you don't call it that. That's all you need. You know, Everything else can still be in place, but just some backup that they're waiting. If they ever have some sort of question, they can essentially ask it. And then they'll be like, cool, okay, great. I got the right thing. I think that would be a massive help to the game. I see that. I, I, I totally agree. Um, I think you lose something if you don't see Tom Payne killing somebody. You, I mean, I lose something. Shoot, it would make my account much more boring. Oh, hey, wait, and, or Hallian's. Sorry, not Hallian. yeah, no, no, Hallian. Absolutely. No, uh... My two favorites. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, like 
I missed out having Hallion not do a game last year. I mean, he, right. I love watching him. That's so um, good. Is that weird? No, of course not. <laughs> that's like, that's part of the spirit of baseball. It is, is. you know, and uh, it's, it goes into like the whole, the, the ballparks being different. You have it to have character to every element of the game as much as you can. You know, pitchers showing emotion is another thing that you do as well. And I love that stuff. You know, I love like the humanity of the game of being unique and different and, you know, having a soul. And the more that we can keep that, and I understand that's kind of the, the argument against RoboUMS is that it loses that element, but you can mesh it. It's just about getting it right and you can still keep, you know, the humanity inside of it. So I hope we can find that compromise. I oh, no. totally agree a hundred thousand percent on that. Like <laughs> to me, part of the enjoyment of the game is it's played by people. Um, right. And otherwise, like I think you lose the fan base if you don't have people to root for. Like I love the idea of K struts and emotion and, you know, whatever, like the one-on-one battles between a, a pitcher and a, and a hitter is, you know, it's, it's almost like a cage match. Like give me that. Give me trash talk. Give me guys that, or or guys that don't like. I, I you know, I like Corey Kluber when he's pitching, right, and then right, the no emotion stuff's fun too. But like, I don't, I, I appreciate it, all the differences. Don't make it cookie cutter. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more there. Um, that is a good transition, I think, from you know, going from a brand which might be robotic to the human underneath. And I'm sure there are a lot of basic questions. You know, I see this all the time when people are uh, jumping into Twitter for the first time. They think it's all these different things, and it might be helpful just to kind of quickly go over some elements that say, hey, this is maybe not what you're going to do, or there's some basic questions. So, for example, what would you say when it comes to using hashtags? Would you suggest when you're putting out tweets initially, should you be using hashtags? Should you be tagging people, or should you not? You know, I generally don't do it that much. Um, I find that, and I don't even tag players that much, unless it's a specific question or something like that. Um, only because I feel like it might bother them. Like, I don't like yeah. my deal is they have to find me. And if they want to interact, they can. I am not, I am there to help them not to bug them. Right. Like to me, that's, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me. I don't, no, I don't. I, do. I think you're right though. I, I mean, there, there are certain occasions when we're doing something that we, we know that they would appreciate. Like if it's like, here's like, you know, a minute and a half of this guy. And like, we know that, you know, they've been wanting this or like some, some cool stuff. And then, all right, then that's okay. But they, they just in general, just saying, hey, this person had a good night or something like that. You don't, you know, they don't need that notification. Yeah. And I find that they find out anyway, because somebody is going to tag them in the reply and they're going to sure. respond or they're just following me anyway. And they'll just, you know, say, but I never did that. Like that wasn't a way that I wanted to expand my base because it really wasn't what I was about. So right. um, it just let it happen. So I guess that's the point it, to me is if you're doing good stuff. And you do it enough, people will end up finding you. I think. Sure. So it can be really hard if you don't have some sort of initial community, right? If you don't have anything else promoting, pushing to it. Because if you're just pushing it out into the ether, well, it'll be kind of hard for people to find it. That's why we sometimes see those hashtags and everything. I, I've seen my experience, especially inside baseball Twitter, hashtags aren't really touched. Um, they aren't really used that often, uh, sometimes when it comes to teams, but... I wouldn't, I, I essentially, if you see a tweet with a lot of hashtags, I think a lot of people just kind of turn it off. Uh, and I, don't I think it's it. a newbie error, right? I mean, it seems like that's what people do. Um, it's too much. Look at me or somebody find my, right. like, yeah, I, I'm definitely, I totally 
Totally agree with you. On so, that. so when you first started, I mean, you had zero followers. Uh, do you remember the process of what that was like getting your first thousand? Yeah, just putting out a lot of like I never seriously. I swear, um, I think I got a shout out early on because I'm I'm uh, friends with Lance Wheeler who had follower who you know it's like twelve thousand followers at that time, and he shouted me out as somebody he knew me for a while. I mean, I told you from the Let's Talk pitching days and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and he gave me a shout out and I got like a hundred followers. And I was like, Oh my, I, I told my wife, I was like, what do I do? Like yeah. I have a hundred people watching what I say. <laughs> like I never thought that like now right. I've got to entertain people and have them learn. To, like I felt I added, uh, I don't know, pressure about doing something sure. like, like now I just put stuff out there and I don't really care. Uh, right. One day you get, you get numb to that. Right. Yeah. I, I still don't get numb. And I've talked about this to other folks. Like when, if any pitcher that I have a lot of respect for, which is most pitchers, um, you know, says something, says something was cool, asks me a question, does like it, right, exactly. Like that doesn't ever get old, ever. Never. If it does, I'm stopping. Like that should. Yeah, right, be. exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having that, um, it is really important to, to recognize, yeah, you get 100 followers. That's huge. That's a really, really good thing. And, I uh, to never lose that fire to it, that excitement of it. Cause if you do exactly what you're saying, like then it's, what am I doing here? What, what's the point of it? Um, so it's really important to, to build on those moments. Definitely. Um, I mean, I, I remember my first thousand, I think my, uh, I got really, really lucky in many ways for my first thousand. I, uh, I think I put out, I mean, I was just doing gifts. I just did that, but I, I certainly in the beginning, would find like beat writers talking about a game and I would say, Oh, really nasty pitch from this thing. And I would make the gif and give it to them inside the the reply of it or something like, here's what it was, you know? And I would, that would do it in that way. Um, and I, as much as I want to say like, no, don't bother anyone. Don't actually go off. You have to, you have to throw yourself into these conversations. Don't do it obnoxiously. Like, don't demand their attention, but just be in the room, you know, as much as you can. I think that's a really good point. And I'm trying to, it's hard to describe that, like how yeah. you do it. But like, if you're coming at it, look at me. I think that that's the wrong way to do it. If you're helping yep. somebody, like helping someone write an article or you're saying, hey, I look at it this way, or here's that thing you were looking for. Right. That's awesome. Like, I think doing everything out of a point of service versus what's in it for you at the worst, you're helping somebody, right? Yep. At the best, they reciprocate and and you know and you develop a following. Uh, but I've never like it was never about developing. To me, it was just about doing the right thing all the time, as much as I could do it. Occasionally, there would be arguments I would pick just to mostly learn. But sometimes there were just people that deserved it, and those ended up being you know arguing about mechanics or something like that. Um, but I also would say don't sensationalize because um, people then end up, they, they can't tell who the jerk is in that situation a lot yeah. of times. So I've just tried to avoid those things and I'll either block them, mute them or, or go away from them because it's not my thing. Like I don't yep. do that. I'm not going to yeah. attack anybody. There's, there's no reason to, there's no reason to, to jump into any of those things. If you, you're going to get it and it stinks, it's just, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the gift of uh, being anonymous is well people are going to use that in some ways and it's annoying it's terrible muting is the greatest thing ever if they don't know that they've been muted 
it, just it, don't get to deal with it anymore. It, it is. And, you know, luckily I find that most people are pretty good. Um, you know, I'd say one, I mean, you know, maybe a couple times a year, someone gets on my nerves because they're yeah, maybe more than that, maybe, maybe a handful. Uh, sure. But most of the time, like if somebody is really asking a question or challenging me, I always take it from the position that I could be wrong too. Like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, and I'll read, you know, I'll read your stuff and I try to learn something every day. I will ask questions. Um, you know, Alex Fast and I have this ongoing thing about variety of different things, including trying to measure deception that we were talking about oh, yesterday. Man, that's like the hardest, that's the hardest. It's impossible, yeah. but it's a key. So oh, yeah. what do you do? It, it's, it's this weird, like non uh, unquantifiable thing that we know exists. But how do we actually do anything with it and, and display it is such a weird process. Um, I think it's VR. That's where the future is. Once we are able to actually replicate a, a person's pitch and then put on the glasses or whatever, the goggles, and be like, oh, that's what it is. We won't it, quite it, get it there. It very well could be that. I think Hawkeye will have something to do with it, oh. being able to tell when a – yeah, exactly. Being able to tell when the hitter actually reacts to different yes. pitchers and when they do their their typical routine, their hit, their hit when their mechanics are out of sync from somebody. Because um, I, I totally agree it's, it's really impossible – I mean, almost impossible to measure – but it's like everybody that's played baseball understands it. This guy's yeah. hard to hit for yeah. some reason. His stuff doesn't spin ridiculously. It's, you know, he, he's not doing anything out of the ordinary, but that ball gets up on you quicker. Right. Um, and we, as stat guys, as analysts, you look at it and you're like, oh, they're just making it. You know, this doesn't exist because I can't measure it. We did the same thing with the seam shifted wake stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, no, balls can't move twice or they can't, they're, they're moving consistent. Like, now we've been able to prove that they don't, but because we couldn't measure it before we assumed it didn't exist. I think we need to understand that players aren't stupid. What they're seeing actually does exist. And we need to come up with a way to measure it versus saying that, you know, I think science and analytics and everything, just, we try to explain everything, um, which is great, but there are things that we can't explain and we shouldn't assume that it doesn't exist because we can't explain Dunning Kruger effect, right? The more you know about it, the more, you, the more, you know, you don't know things. I, I, so fast. And I were talking about that and I feel, and I said, I feel like we don't know way more than we know right now. And I oh, think yeah. too many people are parading it out. Like we know all this stuff and we really don't. We, we, we are getting expressions of those things right. like, Oh cool. He has a swing strike rate above this or whatever. That's Okay. That's really good. I don't know exactly how he's doing that, but this is doing that, and that's great. Uh, but yeah, it's it's such a man pitching. There's so much about like, uh, look, I've, I I know you've interacted. I'm sure you have with many people talking about injuries and how mechanics are supposed to go, um, without putting any names out there or anything like that. About you know uh, how the arm is supposed to look and everything like that, and arm circles and everything, where the foot's supposed to land. Um, how do you, I mean, how do you sift through all of that? Uh, it, it can be really hard. There, there are certain times when it does make sense, but it doesn't. Do you kind of just ignore all of those things? Or are there certain mechanics that you felt have been more, you know, yeah, that more aligned with what you're thinking than others? I started out thinking that it was, a, like, I assumed that mechanics had a lot to do with, with injuries. Like, that was my mm-hmm. assumption that it did. And the more I look at it, the less I agree with that. Um, because you see people, when you think about it, like everybody's running styles are different. I run like a duck. I don't run like I do. What? Yeah. I, I run kind of like a duck. Um, 
I, I'll admit it. That's How not the fuck run. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> they waddle and like, like my legs are terrible. Do you have a gif? I mean, pitching ninjas. Dude, have I a will GIF. never show you a gif of me running. <laughs> that will never happen. It is never ever going to I have ever go on life, Rob Freeman. That is a bad goal to have. It will never happen, <laughs> and I will never run. So that's that's we'll see. tough we'll see luck. What we can do, but yeah, so um, you run like a duck. Okay. I run like a duck. Uh, but everybody's built differently. Like. Like, I think we got too set in like having these answers. People get injured. Like we don't look for mechanics when you're running in, 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 in hoops and you, you tear your ACL. It's not, we don't assume that was because of mechanics. We assume maybe you slip. Sometimes it's a one pitch thing. Um, Sometimes just an accumulation of stress. We don't know your, your workout schedule, what happened to you. Like maybe you were compensating, you hurt yourself and you ended up, you know, doing something we just don't know and i think we like the again this is exactly what we were talking about with deception i think sometimes we want to explain this stuff so we assume that there are answers and i think the more you know the more you come to the conclusion that it's really really hard um i don't know like i've talked to the driveline guys and i believe they came to that conclusion like you know what you know we do we do all this yeah you just don't know and 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 i will say this a lot like uh, it is such a small percentage of how many people actually get to perform at the major league level. I'm not saying like do all the terrible things. I mean, there's certain mechanical things that I think in some ways that are all right. Do not overemphasize like you're twisting and sure. all that kind of stuff. We know that stuff. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you're talking about like the arm circle things. I used to I used to very firmly believe like if you shorten it up, you're putting extra tension. And you don't want to do that. And then here I am seeing all these guys have incredible success doing that all of a sudden. And I'm now pushing that away because do what you need to do to get to the major league level. And we don't really actually know if that is the correlation to injury. So just do that. Do whatever you need to do to succeed. Literally, that is exactly right. Like, right. do whatever you need to do to succeed. There's more than one way. If it hurts, don't do it. Right. Wow, yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, but yeah, like when when everybody was shortening up their arms, then you start realizing like, hey, some people move much more efficiently when they do. And historically, like Billy Wagner, very short arm action. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a, he just threw differently than other folks. And now you're seeing other people intentionally doing it because they were taught like we taught kids this long oh, arm yeah. circle. Right. Uh, oh man, I wish I never had it because I, I'm six foot four. You have long arms. Use all of it. Right. And I was like, ah, oh, but I don't, I want to. And I found myself when I would shorten up, I would feel stronger on it. And I was like, ah, oh, but I'm not supposed to do that. So I'm not going to do that. I had the worst mechanics, by the way, Rob, in college. Oh my God. They were terrible. But that, terrible. that's probably because you were taught not to be you too. Like part of it is be yourself. Mm. Everybody moves differently. Um, yeah, there's some things that you can help expedite things like i think you know using plyo balls and stuff like that can help you feel what that feels like um using things like core velocity belt to help your lower half could help you feel that uh there's a pocket there's a bunch of things that that can help you feel that stuff but if it doesn't work for you um it makes you throw slower less accurate whatever it is you own your career and that is like my goal on twitter and everything else is to put the information out there for free and help people find because they own their career. If a if an MLB pitcher asked me to help them with a grip, absolutely I'm going to do it. If a high school pitch, I like I have a Dropbox for free because I want people to help themselves. And I think too much we depend on coaches and everything else to help you. And 
that is the bottom line. If anybody takes anything from this, just own it. Like it's your career, not your coach's career. Teach yourself and 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 look at you know and try different things. Uh, I love that. Uh, so okay, so going back to to Twitter specifically, I uh, you tweet a lot, and I just can't <laughs> believe that it's just you. I can't. I will swear on anything you want me to swear on. It's just <laughs> me, and now I'm ashamed. No, um, no, no, this is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it just it, I think. Look, uh, you tweet a lot in a good way that like there's no way there's someone that can actually maintain all of this. And I'm just more impressed now that it's you. Uh, have you found yourself, I mean, since 2014 to now, I mean, as far as your schedule goes, how have you changed that to adapt essentially how you know, your uh, account has grown? I'd say baseball season. I don't do anything like other than watch baseball games. Uh, you know, I, 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 I do like I, I constantly am looking for cool stuff. Um, one thing that helps is I always read, like, I know some people turn off notifications. I don't, I, li- oh, yeah. I no, read I either. Yeah. Like I want to hear what people are thinking. If this right. sucks, if it doesn't suck, if they want to see more of something, if they have questions, like I don't think I DMS, I took, I, I turned off for a while. I mean, I just, it, so it, far it's, so good. Got oh, really? DMS. All right. Well, I, they weren't one, negative. It was just a lot. Funny. I I got one from a verified account, which is hilarious, but I'm not going to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can get really um, like like to me that part can get like I feel I don't know I feel obligated to respond and like just like I do with that. So you text me, I'm gonna respond right away. You email me, I'm gonna respond right away. I'm like a router, like I get mm-hmm. stuff and I. But it's the same thing with turning around stuff during games. Like I try, I pride myself on getting it done quickly. And on me being the only like my name's on my account. I am not right. using. I'm not having someone else tweet on my account because it's my personality, good or bad. Um, if I say something stupid, it's on me. I'm not saying I wouldn't delete it. Like if I say something really stupid, I've done it a handful of times. Of course, and and do. yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's not my brand. It's not who I am. You know, that didn't come off right. I'm I'm deleting that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like I I do all my own stuff. I mean, that, I think that's also a really good point is, uh, yeah, don't. So those that are trying to really establish themselves on Twitter, right? They're trying to do that thing. Um, I kind of want to nail in, you know, in the last 15 minutes here, really focus on how to do that and what, you know, what lessons you've learned and, and tips to have. And one that you're really pointing out there is, yeah, you are showcasing yourself and make sure that you can curate it. Look, even, you know, you're saying 100 followers. That is a lot of people. Uh, 500, 1,000. Uh, and you know how many hundreds of thousands you have now? I I lost count, uh, Raul. I'll be honest. It's like two hundred fifty. Is that underneath? I, it? I, yeah, I think that's about about it. And that, that amazes me. Like I still, <laughs> I gotta say, I, I I wake up and if I'm tweeting something, I've I, I've gotten numb to the like. It, there's no like, oh my god, should I do this or not? like? I'll, I'll say stupid things. Like I just right. Do. Right. Because um, I'm going to be myself. But yeah, it amazes me like that. That is not what I, mean, I ever started. We, it doesn't amaze, amaze us is what I'm trying to get out there. But uh, the, the point of that was, look, you're still curating yourself. Right. And it's important to put out what you want to. Don't feel obligated at any point to do something that isn't you. Exactly. So that so I, your, your point could not be better. Um, I think it's about being authentic, um, yes. whether you're a player, a Twitterer or a person like you can sense when someone's being fake. Like if I, you know, you're doing something that you're trying to be a badass and it, it's doesn't come up like it doesn't come across right. Yep. Um, 
and and that's one of those things that I've told pitchers too about mental game stuff is you may want to pitch like Max Scherzer and be that, but it may not be you. It may not be who you are. Yeah. Uh, so just adopt the mentality that is you and and run with that. So same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Not not comparing Twitter to Max Scherzer. That. No, but it's a good point. Like <laughs> we all can't be Max Scherzer and that's okay. Yeah, you exactly. know, as much as I want to be Max Scherzer, man, that's I know. So, so do I. He is so good. Hey, so much fun to watch. Uh, you know, I honestly I think of the the Mike Messina gif, you know, the one every yeah. single time I think of Max Scherzer, honestly. The, and and Scherzer had his moment when he when he did the no, yeah yeah, yeah right yeah. <laughs> Thanks for cleaning that one up for me. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. I uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean when when you're tweeting things out, I uh, just make sure that it's you're not adapting to what you think Twitter is. I mean, actually, I remember I used to sell guitars at Guitar Center, my first job out of college. I thought I had to sell a certain way. Right. I thought it was, you know, you had to be this, you know, the customer service rep and like, how are you doing today? What can I help you with? And like fake the truth almost. And over time I learned, oh, no, no, no. Selling is just information. You're just presenting it. You're just being knowledgeable and being genuine with it. And that carries through everything else. You know, that I, I, I look back at that. And I think as much of a hellish experience that was. Uh, it, w- it really taught me a lot and allowed me to understand, yeah, being genuine, as you say, is a really, really great point. I try to tell people that even in, in, if they're doing sales in general. Like right. if you're selling and you're trying to sell like I do, it's just not going to work. Sell like yourself, convince yourself, do like you would do to do that. And if it's, if somebody doesn't want to buy it, that's life. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Buy so many times. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's a great profession, though, like doing learning that way. I love people that have, if you have to deal in retail stuff, you can deal with anybody. I feel like everyone should have a realtor. They job. should. If, if it's like a month, whatever it's understand what that's like. I think you'll learn a lot of new things. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, sup bro. Want to shred, check out these strings, bra. Nick probably thinks Ben Brown. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, but all right. So, so I, I know this is very nebulous, but I, as far as you know, you've you've grown massively over seven years. What kind of lessons have you learned, and would you suggest for anyone else trying to establish their own Twitter brand? I would say be consistent, be yourself, and do it for and think about what like think about other people. Don't think about yourself mm-hmm. in in a lot of ways. Like I think if you have a bigger purpose in doing what you're doing, it 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 helps, and I think it comes across. So that to me is a big thing, and it's why I mean why I started Flat Ground was basically doing that, like taking my followers that were coaches and players that players that can help coaches that can help and coaches that were recruiting to help a whole generation of, of folks. I just feel like be do it for some reason, like a bigger reason than just right. being a, a troll, like trolls yeah. are the worst. Absolutely. Terrible. Uh, but you're right. So it's like, you're not just tweeting to be a person. It has to be a niche. There has to be something that you find in, and uh, you know, yeah. I all I do is I talk about starting pictures. That's all I do. Uh, and you started off, yeah. Here are the gifts. Here are the grips. Here's all these things, and that is your niche. And while initially to the outside, it's like, oh, it needs to be more broad or something like. That. No, it doesn't. It can it doesn't. be more broad as it goes on. You can improve that, but finding that group of actually you being of value in some way. That is different than anything else. You know, I've seen a lot of people across the industries just try and replicate exactly what someone else is doing. And, you know, I mean, even like the video game world, you know, if you're playing the same game as like, I don't know, Ninja or Shroud or something like that, why would you 
they would just go watch them. You know, you got to provide something that is different and unique to you. And while, yeah, sure, it's not as massive as them, you're just starting off. You got to do something new yeah. and different. Yeah. And you know what? Not like, I don't know. I mean, I think some of it's luck and some of it is just keeping at it, um, holding yourself to a really like this is another thing. Like if you're going to do something, hold yourself to a, a, a high standard in yes. doing it. And that standard is going to keep growing too. Like I remember early stuff I'd put out that I'd never put out today. Um, but I think that's important in anything you do is to hold yourself to a really high standard and constantly challenge yourself and don't think you're done. Don't try to copy someone because that becomes really obvious to, to everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, be yourself and, 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 and try to, uh, try to do something really good. Yeah. Oh, I uh, lots, lots of thoughts there. I, but yeah, as far as like, um, as far as like content goes, uh, so you've actually spread off. Like you had the initial Twitter account, and then you developed a flat ground app. You actually, congratulations by the way, joining Momentum. Uh, like, do you can you get a taste of kind of what will be coming soon? I know you've done these amazing uh, pitching interviews so far. Marcus Stroman of all Lance McCullers. Uh, there is a process there. It's not just okay. So you had to actually expand from you know from Twitter. Uh, can you work through kind of what it's like to add those extra elements and maybe a hint of uh, what's ahead? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and I did this mostly be like, you know, I do all my stuff on Twitter, as I mentioned. I can like editing takes so much time, um, bouncing content ideas off off folks. Um, the momentum people had the same view on growing the game that I did, which is let the players shine and not like I don't. I don't look at it as me to shine. Like my job is to give the players a platform to be themselves and players that you might not like, I'll ask questions, but never got like, I'm not a, I'm not a, a media person. Like, right. it's just not what I do. Other people do it. And that's great. Like, that's just not what I do. I don't have any training in it. My job is to do a great job, by the way, I'm not well, going to let you just, no, no, I think your interviews are really good. You, you do a great job allowing them to express their, their stuff. You have knowledge of it as well. I think you do a really good job, Rob. That is really good to hear because like I do it like I'm I'm just I'm just I have fun like that. That stuff is great yeah. fun for me. Um, and and again, like I'll let them look at it after you're done and say, is there anything that you didn't say that you wanted to say or, or said a wrong way or you want to take it? Because it's not like it's not about that. Like I don't want to put up a eight second clip of, uh, that creates this controversy unless they want to create that controversy. Sure. Um, so what I, one of the things that I want to do, and, and this is like in light of my flat ground stuff and pitching ninja stuff and, and finding a bunch of players out there is we tentatively called this America's got fire, but finding the best unsigned pitcher in the world actually, um, and doing a whole thing where we start with a pool of, you know, people send me videos Right. And then we have a bracket where we start voting on them, get the backstory of why they haven't been found. Maybe they got good later. Maybe they had an injury. Maybe they just, you know, they washed out or whatever. Um, and developing that where you have a, uh, you know, kind of a season long thing, like almost a reality show, but a reality yeah, sure. show where the winner, like, you know, I'm going to find the next. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How cool would that be? Amazing. Oh, I, I think that would be cool. You got to do that. Please do that now. I think we're going to do it. Like I have at least sketched it out as something that I want to do. And nobody said no so far. Okay. That's um, a good thing. That's a, that's a <laughs> right. Although, yeah, so Very that's the other, the other thing that I, that I, that I do. And, uh, and this may be along the social media grounds. I don't like surrounding myself with, with people that are just going to create like, like to me, I love hearing 
you know what? I wouldn't do that. Or, right. or I change like, you know what I mean? Like, like I think too many people surround themselves with people that make them feel good. I want to be off. I, I want to have people I don't agree with at all um, on right. yeah, anything. You, yeah. want, you want people to be honest with you because then you're right. not going to improve. You're not going to understand the details that the little things that allow you to separate from uh, from everybody else, like production values, for example, or I, I I know that I have a ton of crutch words when I do podcasts and I need to eradicate them as much as I can. And you it's notice not, it, you notice it probably and other people don't notice it. Like it's one of those things like, I'll say awesome or do like, it's just a sure. place, you know, place filler. It's me. Like, I don't want to get rid of everything, but right. You know, you, you still, uh, you always try to be better. Like, yeah. but I want, I want feedback and I try to make myself like I, I will deliberately, uh, you know, poke fun at myself to get people to, 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 or poke fun at somebody else so that they poke fun back and I can hear their real opinion versus <laughs> like, yeah, Ninja, everything you do is awesome. Like, yeah, you know what? Some things I do aren't awesome. Well, I mean, as long as you're consistently trying to get better, that's a, that's one of the biggest elements when you're starting off here is look, look, you don't have to copy word for word what other people do, but really find the people that you you like the most, identify what you like about them, and then incorporate it. You know, it's not copying. It's not trying to be a you know, clone of them, but figure out the details understand that that's what makes these things work is the little details and you know really really uh fine-tuning those as you go i gotta admit like i go down picture list every once in a while i'm like did i forget somebody is there somebody that i don't like i am not giving enough attention to that that you know you have somewhat listed on your like i want to make sure i'm balanced and i'm not playing favorites and i'm like or i'm or maybe you saw something that i'm missing I and mean, I want to know it time all the time. You have someone like, oh, man, I didn't realize like how good that slider was. Oh, my God. OK. I, and then I got to go back and think like, am I just am I doing this wrong? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but I but yeah. Uh, so, Rob, I got a couple more minutes. I, I want to ask about one other thing. Um, what was it like getting verified on Twitter? That's a huge moment. Um, so that happened when I got invited. Like, so this is one of the cool things. I got invited to the World Series on right. Twitter. Yeah, so that was sick. Um, you know, the Cespedes barbecue guys, Jessica Kleinschmidt, we were all there, like in the and 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 one of the things I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if I was verified? Like I'm I'm going here on Twitter's, you know, they which and then they're like, wait, you're not? And yeah, I ended up getting <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up getting you before it. I thought it yeah. was like, my impression was like, Oh, you're getting verified and here you come. And you're like, Hey, can you verify? Me? Yeah, I like I like I like ask because I mean you, you <laughs> You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Oh, of course. But, uh, but I was in the car. Ask? I remember seeing that. I'm like, oh, you know, like it was. It wasn't a goal I had, but I was like, I was like, I mean, if I'm, I don't know. Like I thought, I thought it would be kind of cool. Like I don't. Know. It's right, not as cool as it as you think. I mean, there, there are <laughs> a lot of look from from the outside. We were all shocked that you weren't verified yet. Yeah. And, so, so it was nice to get. So it was that simple. You just, you know, you were in that car with them like, Hey guys, can you do it? like, Oh yeah, hold on. And they just, <laughs> that's a little bit of that. Yeah. There was, I, a, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what happened. I was like, yeah, I was like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be awesome if I was, um, oh, well that, I mean, that was also, that was the world series game, I believe with the nationals in Houston. Is that right? Yeah. It was the last, I think it was like the, uh, Verlander was pitching. It was mm-hmm. like the, 
the last, last baseball game I went to in person, I think, like other than oh, college man. ball. And college ball starts today. I am ready. I'm firing up my my gift machine for some live baseball. This is going to be oh, fun. I'm God. excited. It's happening. We're, it, we're like, uh, I mean, we have spring training next week, I believe, or maybe it's a week after. Uh, but it's, it's it, we're so close, Rob. And I can't wait. I, I just, I can't wait for like 162 games. Dude, I totally, the Stroman thing, Stroman sitting behind uh, DeGrom yesterday oh, so was like, like, that. like to me, that was, that that's the epitome of baseball for me. Like, I don't, it's not even nasty pitches or it's just enjoying the game and that starting up again. Um, I love going on the field and smelling all the grass and stuff. Like, this is, this is, this is fun, man. Yeah. I mean, actually, I never really thought about that. But, yeah, it's like Stroman joining the Mets. I mean, he was the ace of the Blue Jays, right? This is the first time that he has someone like that, like DeGrom, on his team that he can just sit and admire. I never I never really thought about that before. And he said that. He's like, dude, this is the best pitcher in baseball, and I'm going to watch what he does. I can't copy it, but I'm going to learn little things that he does, little tricks that he does to help me. And then just admire him. Like, right. why wouldn't you? I mean, who wouldn't like, I, oh, I mean, he's awesome. one of those guys that you, yeah, exactly. Uh, I loved it so much. Such a great clip, but uh, all right. It's one o'clock. That means our time is up, but Rob, this was so fantastic. Really. Thank you so much for being a part of this. It's great my to pleasure. To and, Such uh, a good cause too. I love this. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, feeding America, like 50% of everything we raise goes straight to them. So go to go.rallyup.com slash pitchcon. Support what you can. Uh, we got 162 games in spring training this year. I can't wait. Let's do this. Let's have a fantastic <laughs> 2021 season. Can't wait for all your stuff and momentum. But uh, but thanks so much for being a part of this, Rob. Dude, you're awesome. And uh, let's stay in touch during the season. Absolutely.